0: Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb so I'm here with Ash Lacey, uh, my manager, everybody. <laughs> She's the store manager of Lululemon Doncaster. We've had a new makeover. It's been pretty much a year and a little bit.
1: Is yeah, just over.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so welcome, Ash. Thanks.
1: Nice to be here.
0: I know. It's been a long time in the making. I feel like I haven't said that in a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> so I apologize. Oh, it's it's
1: fine. It's fine. Life happens. (laughs) Life Life of lamb has happened.
0: Oh, literally. That's it. That's (laughs) it. Um, well, we're both very busy people, but, um, how are you? What's been happening recently? Oh,
1: I'm, I'm good. I feel like I'm finally getting into a little bit more balance as we go into holiday, which is a crazy time for us. I've, um, Started to find things that I enjoy for me again after coming back from maternity leave. It was quite a time trying to navigate life, home, baby balance. Um, So yeah, going back into things that light me up and fill my cup so that I can then give that forward to everybody else. Um, Trying to navigate Christmas shopping definitely started that but i've got <laughs> a know, i've got a that. cupboard wrapped with gifts i am so ready for I christmas
0: i <laughs> think um, one thing to note is ash loves christmas i remember oh, you walked in probably at the start of november maybe even the end of october and you're like guys i've started i've started <laughs> like what have you started She's like christmas
1: shopping Whoa! i am elf from that movie yeah. it's that is me yes literally ready um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so incredible It's and, and I think as we talk a bit more and unpack your life a bit more um, for context Ash is one of the bubbliest people that I know um, and it's a true testament to the way that you lead and empower people and I've been so privileged to be under your leadership for the past couple of years I know there's been that break yes. with maternity leave um, but can you talk to us a little bit about it um, you talk about finding your little things that make you a bit happier now yeah has it been quite a challenge to get to this point
1: oh absolutely um what I can share is that you know the concept of going on maternity leave is this thing that is online it's in movies it's so different to what the reality of the situation is um what I found that experience to be was a lot of isolation a lot of time alone um you know everyone comes and visits you in that first 6 to 12 weeks oh my god brand new baby go see mom go see baby it's a very exciting time um and it's so warm and exciting to see everyone and meet the new person that you've created um but then after that 12 week time frame it tends to turn into no one checks in with you the visits stop happening and then it's all day every day by yourself and i think Coming from an environment where I'm with people all day, every day, talking, enjoying the company of others, going from that to being at home with a little person that can't talk to you, that can't engage with you, that can't interact with you. Um, It's really challenging when you're an outgoing and bubbly person like me. It felt like it was lockdown 7.0, 8.0, whatever it was. Um, And I really, really struggled seeing all of the things happening in the store that were going on and not being able to be a part of that. Um, It was definitely a time that should be really enjoyable that I didn't enjoy. And I think a lot of women feel that they have to be pressured into enjoying that experience. And it's not for everyone to be at home on maternity leave. Sometimes you need to have work to balance out who you are as a human and for me that's that's what I found is that being at home alone was not something that I enjoyed that experience and the time of year that I had Aspen was at May and coming back to the business six months put me right in the middle of holiday season which wasn't a good time for me to re-enter the business so um, I took nine months off in total I worked all the way up to like 37 and a half weeks so it was like two and a half weeks before my due date and they're like, you've got to leave now. (laughs) Um, And then I came back in January 8th, January 8th. um, And what I found was I came back to work and I started to feel a little bit more like me, but at the same time I had imposter syndrome where I didn't know where I stood. I felt like so much had changed even though nothing had changed at all. The whole environment had changed because our store had gone through that massive renovation the team had gone from 25 to 40. Um, I walked in, I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. Um, and whilst I tried to show face a little bit throughout that experience so that I could be, you know, in the know, I suppose, with all of the new team that were being onboarded, I also was very mindful that I didn't want to, I guess, step on toes or feel like I was micromanaging the person that was in my role whilst I was on maternity leave. I wanted them to enjoy their experience whilst I was away going through that new store open, going through building that team, going through building a new community and trying to engage um, the business in a completely different way to what we had been doing. Um, But yeah, it was a really challenging time for me and when I came back it was, yeah, a very hard way of coming back because I felt like I was doing a really great job before I left I was on a trajectory to start pursuing my goals stretch myself further grow and develop into different leadership opportunities and when I came back I felt like I was behind the eight ball things were being missed or I keep kept forgetting things or programs had changed um you know procedures had upgraded or slightly changed and I just didn't know where my hand was not on the pulse it just didn't feel like I was doing well in my role Um, and it's yeah taken probably six months to get to the point where I feel like my feet were firmly in my role in the ground I knew everyone in the team I'd built that relationship with everyone Um, I was really mindful coming back that the core team that I had when I left were all mostly still there And then I had all of these new people that I didn't have that relationship with. And I didn't want it to seem like I was in a clique for lack of a better term. Um, It's just that we'd built that relationship during a time where all we had was time. We had COVID lockdown where we were all on Zoom a lot. Um, And yeah, building connection and relationship is something that I value and something that I like to think I'm quite good at. So like our team felt like we were very well connected um, and yeah, coming back to the business with almost double the people and not having that foundation with them. I was really mindful of that. So trying to spend the six months of re-entry, building the foundation with those team members was something really important to me. And then once I got that happening, I then started to feel like I was in my role better. I had the foundations of my store there. And then I started doing things like working out, training going back to pole dancing which is my jam um and teaching it was just something that allowed for me to feel more like me um I started to see changes in my body back to what it was before I had Aspen and that's also something else that comes with motherhood is that your body changes and sometimes you look in the mirror and you don't see who you think you want to see um and that's been something that I'm also navigating still, um, but it's definitely becoming better the more I'm finding myself through exercise, work, and then that family time once I'm switched off.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a absolute whirlwind and roller coaster of things that have happened. Um, a couple of things jump to mind. Firstly, the romanticization of Matt Leave. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's a beautiful thing creating life, but it means that, People like yourself have to, and well, women have to step aside and um, offer up the role that they worked really, really hard in to achieve um, to have someone sort of replace them in a sense. And it does leave that huge hole in yourself, particularly, I, I think, like as part of the core team that begun, um, or began that journey with you in that transitionary period, having you come back from Matt Leave and you step into the team meeting and for you to come in and say I'm your store manager you could feel like almost the silence of it if like from an obser- observing viewpoint the silence fr- from it was almost like this doesn't feel quite right which I don't know if you felt that as well but it would have added to the imposter syndrome that you would have felt and as someone that uh, values so much connection and knowing What's going on in people's lives? How did that impact you?
1: It was really hard. I think, you know, like you said, creating life and becoming a mum and all of those types of things, whilst it's a wonderful thing, it definitely impacts the way that you Uh, able to manage yourself, a way that you're able to manage your career, your life goals, all of those types of things. And the things that I held true before I had Aspen are still very relevant to me now. And I think when I felt so connected and I felt like I was contributing well, there was a place of significance for me within the Doncaster team and store before I left. I felt like that was not there when I came back. And being a part of the furniture is something that is really nice and it's a feeling and sensation I guess that you have that you are contributing the team know that they can come to you they trust and value your opinion and your mindset and what you have to share about them the store the business whatever um and I just didn't feel that when I came back and I think the challenge is trying not to force anything it's it's something that happens with time and I know that building relationships is something that I like to do and I think when I came back across my group of peers of store managers I did feel that sensation as well of oh she's back okay cool there were new faces on the bench there were new people that I hadn't met before in person and I think experiencing that in my own four walls of my team and store and then seeing that exemplify across the store manager bench as well. It just sort of, yeah, created that sensation of I shouldn't be here. I I don't know how I'm contributing anymore. No one sees me as anything that is significant to value this, this business or this team. No one's coming to me for anything or asking for guidance when I was that person for a lot of people before I left. So I think for me building myself back up was important for me and my values but it takes time to do that and it's really hard to be in that work when you feel like you can't do that or you're not that person for anyone like yeah becoming that person again was a lot of work and becoming that person took a lot of patience from me and a lot of crying in the shower at home by myself and um yeah it's been it's been a really hard journey but I think you know you build resilience from those types of experiences and you learn what you could be doing better for those who are going to experience that in the future and that's i guess what i've really taken from my maternity leave is that there is a lot of work that can be done to improve the experience for anyone going on paternity leave whether that's a a man or a female and i think giving a good experience is something that should be a priority for businesses it should be a priority for people and i think what I'm trying to do is allow that my team can do that and know that I'm still there for them, know that I'm going to incorporate them into all of our team sweats and incorporate them into any opportunities that are popping up. Like they're not not in the business. They're just not physically here right now. It doesn't mean that they can't then contribute or be a part of something if they choose to be, you know. Um, I think some people expect people to want to be left alone so then they don't contact you whereas what does it look like to actually reach out and say hey how are you feeling do you need me to check in with you any more frequently or do you want me to check in with you in another x amount of time it's like what does that touch point look like if we actually mindfully put it in our calendar to to reach out do they want to be touching base more frequently do they not like being touched touch oh my god do they not like touching base at all um yeah I think it's just being mindful of the way we're communicating and those assumptions not being something that everyone is wanting to do as a part of that journey
0: yeah um I feel like it's probably a blessing that we didn't end up doing the podcast as early because it seems that you've come quite a long way in Navigating how you felt about the whole situation Mm. and finding your feet, Um, do you feel like you're in a position where you're more comfortable now?
1: I do. I feel like I'm in a space where I'm able to continue to expand our team because my foundation level is really great. I feel like I'm in a space where I'm able to be in the work of upskilling my team plus my peers and beyond that. Um... I feel like people see me for what I'm bringing to the business and our store um, and that's allowing for me to then take on opportunities because I know people see me and I know people believe that I'm bringing value.
0: So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I want to expand a bit more on maternity leave. It's something that I'm not very well versed in and I don't know if many of the listeners would be as well. Mm. Is there anything that... Is there anything in particular that you would like people to understand a bit more about maternity leave? I know you talk about reaching out and that's making me feel better. Like maybe I should have reached out more to yourself or people who are on maternity leave. Um, Like is there something there that you'd like people to know about the whole experience? How can it improve?
1: Mm, I think there's this assumption that it's it's not easy but oh, mum or dad's at home, just hanging out with the baby. And that's absolutely not the case. For me, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to breastfeed Aspen. And it was something that took a lot of energy and a lot of time and investment to be able to do that. And I think um, when society, we're evolving and it's becoming more acceptable, but a lot of people still have this resistance to being able to do that in public so then that minimizes the amount of time that you can go out and you know enjoy life outside of the four walls of your home um, because of the stares that you might get when you have to feed a newborn baby um, so yeah you, st- you stay inside you can't drive if you've had a cesarean for 12 weeks so you are confined to the space of your own home Uber didn't do car seats. So I even tried to see if I could go out with Uber, but you can't book an Uber with a baby seat in there. So there's no way for you to go out anywhere unless you're relying on somebody else who has a child seat or you can walk there. So for me, I think that checking in, knowing that the first 12 weeks, yes, is really hard, but beyond that, you still need to be reaching out to people, seeing if they're okay. Um, I definitely had postpartum depression. I really, really struggled managing that experience and you know when you go to all of the um checkups with the maternal health nurses which is like a community center sort of thing that are mandatory um they do a lot of checking in with the baby and how the baby's developing but they don't check in with you as the mum and how you're going lots of hormones go through your body lots of change goes through your body your whole life is basically flipped upside down And you get a form to fill out to say, on a scale of one to five, how do you feel about this? And you have to fill that out and it's once and that's it. That's the check-in that the mum gets as a part of that experience. Um, And then when it comes to things like the government subsidies, the pay, all of those types of things... There are so many hoops to jump through to get that actualized. A lot of the time you don't get a payout from the government pays, which we are very lucky to have the entitlement and benefit of. But that took, I think, 32 weeks for it to actually go through for me in terms of me submitting the paperwork to them, reviewing it and approving it. And then it has to then go to the business for the business to then pay you. So there's a lot of things that happen in that space where it's financially straining, mentally straining, emotionally straining. Um, and I think, yeah, just that question of, hey, how's everything going? A message to say, oh, I thought of you when this happened or just knowing that you're still in people's thoughts or you're still a part of the group of friends that you're networking with or the, the store team that you're a part of. I think there is work to do in that space um, because, yeah, if you're not in front of someone, often you're not front of mind or you're forgotten until you're showing face again so yeah there's a lot of things that come with that experience and not everybody has a really big support network so just sort of getting grasps I guess or understanding of what that looks like for people and how you can support them whether it's a walk around the park because that's the only contact they've got with somebody else for that whole week outside of their immediate family um or if it's like taking a meal to them and having a coffee or I don't know mm. anything like that is definitely something that I would have valued if people did do that um and it would have made me feel less isolated I suppose through that experience
0: I like almost well I do want to say sorry
1: <laughs> I feel, I
0: feel <laughs> so like guilty you don't um, need it to apologize. So, yeah it sounds really isolating and um. yeah, very difficult. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I hope that lands in someone's ears. And maybe if they have someone who is um, on that uh, maternal or paternal leave, um, that you should reach out and just check in on how they're doing. So.
1: I and I think the last thing I'd add to that is don't ask people when they're having their next baby. Because if that is the experience that people have for their first A lot of the time it's not something you want to revisit Mm. or think about straight away. And, you know, they say time heals all wounds and you forget things and all of those types of analogies. But I think when it comes to asking someone when they're having another baby, if someone's not openly sharing that with you, it's none of your business and you shouldn't be asking those types of questions because it can make people feel really uncomfortable and not everybody wants to have more than one baby based on the experience that they've had, or sometimes people can't have another baby. So I think, yeah, that, that question needs to be eliminated from society unless it's brought to the conversation by the person who's having a baby.
0: (laughs) Incredible. No, this is, this is so good. Like it's educating me about how to navigate these types of conversations as well. Uh, Obviously, we both know how diverse our team is and there are a few people who are taking that leave or have gone Mm. through that leave as well. So yeah, it's incredible um, being able to educate people about this. You mentioned, um, trying not to force yourself into different things. Mm. Did you feel that you were really trying and and reaching to, to get back into what was considered normal?
1: It's a great question. (laughs) Um, I think for me, what was challenging, I guess, was that people were shocked that I came back to work so quickly. Um, I would have come back earlier based on what I shared earlier with the time frame just not being suitable for the business and what we do being retail and Christmas and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but I went back to work once Aspen was seven months and that's considered very early with the benefits that we do get for maternity leave. And um, again, that mindset of people saying, oh, you're not taking a whole year. That's not right for everybody. And I think not forcing stereotypical norms on yourself as a part of that experience is really important. And holding what you know to be true for you is something that took time and a lot of thought I guess for me in terms of what does our financial plan look like what does um, integrating Aspen into child care look like what does that whole enrollment process look like because essentially unless you put your child on a list for childcare when you're pregnant there is no space for them to go which then impacts you being able to go to work. Um, is that
0: something that you found out?
1: After I After, had her yeah. absolutely, um <laughs> but I you're went not to... given
0: these rule books, I guess, and no one really talks about these things, so is there yeah. anything else that popped up that I
1: you... think that was one of the biggest ones in that like people are like, "Oh, have you thought about school? I'm like, she's one and a half, no, I have not thought about school. All I'm thinking about is tomorrow or dinner today like the the reason wait lists are so long is because people put kids on. The list that aren't born yet, and then classes are at capacity, even if children don't exist yet, um, or aren't earthside, as we say. Um, oh wow, yet. that's the thing. Yes, uh, because they still exist when yes. you're in the belly, but you know they're not earthside to actually be in the class. And I went to eleven childcare centres in my area, and I got one half day on a day that I don't work. That was the full capacity of what I could get within my local area of childcare. Um, So then I ventured out to closer to work and I was very lucky that I found a place that was just opening, which then Mm. gave me a full scope of days to pick from. Um, But that was just luck. I literally drove past it after visiting the store and it's like grand opening childcare center. I'm like, do a U-turn and go back and see what that's all about. Um, But it wasn't through my choice of this is the right childcare centre for us. It's been really fortunate that it's been incredible and I'm very lucky that that is the case. But it wasn't, yeah, through me looking for a place that I felt was right for us. It wasn't through me going and visiting the centre and loving the educators or loving the space or loving whatever that centre had to offer. It was like, that's all that's available. Take it or leave it. If you leave it, you can't go back to work. So that's one thing. Um, and then you asked me the question around forcing things. That was actually the question. I don't know how we got to here, but that's okay. I I cut cut Um, you off on that. (laughs) Um, I think part of the forcefulness of that experience was me backing myself in and saying, You are ready for this or you do have the skills and knowledge to be in this work. You do know what you're doing. And like I said, when you're in that mindset of I'm an imposter, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have an established team that I'm in relationship with. I have come back into a business that's, you know, three times the floor plan of what I left it as. It's really challenging to be in that space of put your hand up for this opportunity or you know, start educating and training and coaching all of these new people that are entering entering the business. Go for that opportunity that you're going to go for before you left. It's it's really hard to be in that work, and I think that's where I forced myself to really jump at opportunities when when they came up. Um, but when it came to uh, relationship building in the team, I definitely didn't try and force that. What I did do was try and put myself on the schedule on days that maybe other people were working that I hadn't crossed paths with or put them on times that I was on so that we could try and meet in person rather than have, you know, that team's chat or that Zoom call or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, to be able to build that connection from the ground up.
0: Amazing. Um, you teach poll? Yes, I, feel like I do. I should have <laughs> established that a little bit um, at the start. But also you work retail, so you are quite active and on your feet most days. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume being on mat leave meant that activity and with your body changing... Oh, activity wasn't very present and with your body changing a lot, mm-hmm. how did that impact your mental health?
1: Oh my God, so much. I Even going back, it was it was a really challenging experience because you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't look like you. You don't look how you used to look and you don't feel how you used to feel. Um, And pole for me is something that's allowed me to feel strong and it's allowed for me to feel like I'm capable and I can do all of the tricks that I've been working really hard on and all of those types of things. But you go back and I had a cesarean, so I had been cut open the seven layers of all of the muscle groups and all those types of things. And pole is very much a core based activity and my core was non-existent so you basically have to start from the ground up and again that's another thing that's just really challenging to have to navigate it's I used to be extremely competent in this and now I am not mm. so yeah I think that was something that I really struggled with and not that everyone knows this but the reason pole is wear a bra and underwear is because your skin is what holds you onto the pole and there are mirrors everywhere in the studio and when you're looking at yourself in the mirror wearing the clothes that you need to wear to be able to do the activity and not seeing you or feeling ashamed of how your body is or looking at yourself and just thinking why am I here other people are judging me which they absolutely are not but that's where your mindset goes um it was a really tough time but I think um, I'm now getting to a stage where I feel a lot more comfortable in that environment. My shorts are longer than they've ever been doing doing teaching and my tops are longer than they've ever been. Um, but I'm really fortunate that I've been given the opportunity to teach a 40 plus group and they've really sort of allowed for me to feel a lot more comfortable with my own body. A lot of them are mums and they've sort of said, we're riding this journey together. We felt all of the things that you're feeling now. And we're here to support you and, and guide you through this experience coming back into, into pole because I'm two turns in and, yeah, going strong. But it's, um, it's definitely been a journey. And, yeah, it's not a comfortable experience going back, but I'm trying to give myself grace and give myself the space to be in the work to bring my body and mindset back to what it was before I went on maternity leave.
0: Mm. It's one of those things that you hear about with – athletes who get injured and just get taken away from the game but in this sense it's like you're creating life um and I think as humans we're programmed to reproduce and or at least women are programmed to reproduce (laughs) I can't even speak from a male perspective like
1: I mean without you we don't have babies so I mean you know I
0: think well I know we have it a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah just a a, a little bit bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have it, uh, just like miles i don't know just the gap between um yeah like being a woman and being a man is like just incredibly difficult to navigate so i appreciate you opening up about it but that's the extent to my knowledge it's like an athlete getting injured and yeah. being pulled out of it but you've had no injury and you've instead had to look after well sorry uh, phrased it <laughs> very negatively um You've you, Yeah, you have to look after this person that you've created yeah. and that is your obligation and it takes you away from these um, aspects of life, so your work aspect, your social aspect and also your physical aspect. Yeah. I did want to ask, and it might be a bit of a heavy question, but do you resent this whole process?
1: I think it's a question that people shy away from a lot and I think... At times, you're like, this is the best thing that I've ever done. But at times, you're like, why did I do this? And it's really hard to say that that is sometimes where your mindset goes, but it definitely is. Um, I don't like letting people down. I don't like not being present. And once you do have a child, you've obviously got the responsibility of caring for them and nurturing them and growing them and giving them the space to learn. And what that means is you giving up a lot of the things that, you thought uh, created you as a person. You know, you you have to take away all of the things that you love a lot of the time to to do that to the fullest capacity that you have. Um, and yeah, as a result of that, sometimes you do have that that feeling in your gut of like, why did I do this? Why am I experiencing this? Why do I feel like this? And when you do feel like that, you're like, I'm a bad person. I I shouldn't be feeling like this. I should be grateful. There are so many people that can't have babies that would be so unbelievably happy if they could. And I should be feeling grateful and happy 100% of the time. But the reality of the situation is you you don't. Um, Well, I didn't. I shouldn't speak on behalf of other people. Um, Yeah, it was a really, it's really challenging when those things come to mind. Um, But yeah, most of the time, now that she has a personality and she interacts with me and she chats with me and she dances around on the floor and does all of the fun things, I feel like I'm at a stage now where I'm enjoying the experience a lot more. Um, you know, I think being in the stage where babies become toddlers, it's a more interactive stage of their life where they are learning, they're growing, they enjoy you, they recognize you as their parent and then you see the love that they have for you and then that then fosters and grows your love for them too and those mindsets of oh god why did I do this become less and less and less so I think yeah for me that instant love was definitely not my experience as a part of that journey Um, it's definitely been love that's grown deeper over time as she's gotten older and as she's Become more of a little person, and as she's yeah showing that affection, being able to communicate more with me um but again, it's not something that people say very no, often, so yet. it's hard to be able to say those types of things unless people ask them because yeah, it's not something people say,
0: no, not at all, but and and thank you for being so honest, um yeah, it's one of those things that I sit here as a 21-year-old <laughs> with, you know, like, oh, so many things happening in my life. Like, I could never imagine stepping aside and um, having to nurture someone to that extent as well. And that's, like, coming from a very privileged um, position and standpoint and something that I know that I won't have to go through, but I appreciate you sharing about it and the extent of it. And it proves that you're only human as well and you have your own life to live. Um, and it's incredible that you've chosen or you've made the decision to create life and raise it as well. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Um, oh gosh, I don't even know where to go from there. It's just like so raw. Um, no, I love it so much. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm on the spot now. Breathe. Yeah, literally I'm on the spot now. Um,
1: so Jaden, tell me about your life.
0: <laughs> um, So you've, transitioned back into the store Mm -hmm. and have felt a really overwhelming sense of imposter syndrome and uh, managing new relationships that you have you weren't part of the process in bringing into the store in the Mm -hmm. first place how did you go about it
1: I like to call them chat laps no one really knows I call them that but (laughs) chat laps I um I take people out for walks and we chat whilst we're walking. I find that that's the most relaxed environment I can create in a shopping center. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much one can do. Um, let's go do yoga on the grass in front of the buses that are all going, no, we're not doing that. So, um, yeah, just try to take people out for walks, go for coffee, go for sweats where we could, um, invite people to yeah join me in anything that was happening. Um, I guess, yeah, just create opportunity to be able to be in those conversations, to ask more about people as people. I'm obviously interested in what you're doing in a career perspective, but I think with the team that I sort of walked into that I didn't know, a lot of them are at uni and they're studying and they've got, you know, those types of commitments. It's not, um, it wasn't a lot of people that were, um older that are coming back into the business there are a handful but not not as many so yeah just asking people about what what they were studying and what are their career aspects or perspectives outside of Lululemon um because I know that that wasn't yeah going to be um the trajectory of a lot of the the people that are a part of the team and I think getting to know people as people is really important and it allows for us to yeah build that foundation of connection and relationship building and they know that I care about them as a whole person rather than just being a number in our team because mm. I'd like to think none, none of our team believe that um they all know that I value them for them and they know that I value what they bring uniquely to our team as well
0: brilliant I was gonna say I regret asking that question because it's just like so not smooth but <laughs> on the uh, on the idea of uh the ca- career trajectory um yeah. yes a lot of us uh, like uni students and navigating the wonders of the world and finding out what we want to do. Um, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, my Lord, it was a long time ago. I feel like it's all, I look at, I look at people joining our team who are born after 2000. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so old. Um, for me, I did, um, full-time dancing after year 12. So I was looking to pursue a professional career in dancing. Um, Uh, not that many people would know this probably a lot of people know this but dancing is a very fickle industry where you have to look a certain way be a certain height um, skin color whatever it is yeah it's very fickle and it's very much based on who you are as they look at you rather than the talent that you have to bring Um, yes talent comes into the piece as well but typically they know what they're looking for before you even step into the audition um and I often got uh channeled to be a Disney princess uh they weren't interested in me to do anything beyond character work at that sort of lens they're like oh you know you'd be great as Rapunzel because my hair used to be really long and lush and yeah they're like oh you could you could absolutely audition for those types of things but that wasn't what I was interested in all I wanted to do was just dance every single day be in a show be in that work rather than walking around in a costume that was not something that interested me um so then after I did that and I wasn't getting as much work as what I would have liked I did a contemporary company gig for a while which was super fun I really enjoyed that we opened up white knight um at fed square we did a whole heap of really fun things um but you know handfuls of things don't pay bills so chose to pursue something else um, and then I thought what do I enjoy doing what's what excites me what motivates me and I, I figured out that I really like teaching and growing people and being in the space of yeah that learning and growing culture and development mm-hmm. Um so I was accepted into a double degree at Deakin and I did secondary teaching um, and arts and Whilst I was on placements, there was a lot of interesting things that happened that just made me think, this is not the right place for me to be pursuing my my work time and effort. And then I was doing really well in retail. I was already in retail as my part-time job. Um, I went from McDonald's to cotton on. Mac- Mickey D's was my, <laughs> my entry level job. Um, was really great at drive through and fry making. Um, but then I went over to Cotton On as a Christmas casual and then from there I was with them for nine years. I was with Cotton On for a really long time um, and just kept on growing within their leadership bench. Um, got taken across to a different company um, where I got lots of opportunities to um, be a leader, in management, become a district manager, all of those types of things. Um, which has eventually landed me where I am now. Um, and I think the decision to stay in retail for me was made when I knew I could get to a level of training, leadership, coaching development at a corporate level where I would be doing it to people that wanted to learn. Doing teaching and learning at secondary school was definitely not a room <laughs> of people that wanted to learn. So so um, I was like, what can I do that allows for me to do what I love, which is being in the space of, yeah, coaching, growing, developing people to, to pursue their goals um, in a way that's impactful and allows for them to do what they love whilst I'm doing what
0: I love. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Covered my next question. So <laughs> you've made it all the way to like a p- pretty high position, well, especially now, um, yeah. a pretty high position and – that solidified your reason as to why I wanted, or why you wanted to stay in retailing. Yeah. Incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh. And I think um, I have spoken to my husband about this, but it's um, it's really challenging. I think when there's such a negative stigma that comes with retail and leadership and management, I think so many people just assume that we do what we do and it's a nine to five gig and you're there and you talk to people and you go home and that is absolutely not what I do. I do so much more than that. And I think um, for me, it's it's really hard knowing that I love my job and, I, and that I love what I do and I love the people that I get to spend every single day with. But I also know that when I say what I do, a lot of people don't see the value in what my role is mm. in my career.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask actually um, – I guess, yeah, the stigma is pretty heavy and our team is full of uni students who, for the most part, a lot of them are very high achievers as well and don't necessarily see retailing as something that is viable in the long term. How does that make you feel? Um, And I'm sure the amount of judgment and stigma and tough conversations that have um, come and gone uh, have been a plenty. What, how does it make you feel? The whole retailing situation, mm. telling people what you do for a living. What's it all like?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's become more easy over time. I guess you sort of know the response that you're going to get from a lot of people. But as I share more about what I do in my role, particularly at Little Women, it's it's very different to what I did in the same role at other businesses. Um, so I get to share... So many things that I do in my role that people are like, oh, I didn't think that that would be a part of your role or, oh, you got to go overseas or, oh, you got to go interstate. Like, I didn't think you'd get those opportunities in in the job that you're in or the role that you do. And that's being able to, yeah, be in a business or a company, I guess, that I'm really fortunate who values people and values growing them and values um, investing time money energy coaching training upskilling all of those things into their leadership bench to then allow for that to grow within the four walls that we all have um it's allowed for me to feel proud when i say what i do and i think the business that i'm working for has a lot to do
0: with that exactly um it's more about yeah the stereotyping and and the prejudice that comes alongside with anyone really um, I think before you judge anyone about what they do, you should get curious and understand exactly what what it is that they do before attaching a label to it and um, demeaning the person as a result of it.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's really funny because a lot of the time you hear people who are, you know, in, in high roles in retail businesses, they all started with, oh, this was just a summer job. This was not something that I thought my whole life was going to become. And yeah, I think there's a whole lot to say even just within the amount of people that say that. It's like there's something in what we do um, and the value that we bring. And, yeah, ask the question before you just assume we're selling stretchy pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, uh, to add to that as well, um, yeah, I thought I was getting into a part-time gig but the past two years at the store, I don't think I've grown more than... Yeah, in my whole entire life, like the situations and scenarios that you are subject to, the people that you have to work with, or sorry, not have to work with, but the people that you get to work with. (laughs) (laughs) We see you. (laughs) 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 They're listening. The people that you get to work with. Um. And just the whole process of it, I think you learn an incredible deal about Mm. yourself and how to interact with people. So I would recommend, um, yeah, putting yourself in a pretty high traffic, high volume, high intensity sort of store, Um, Mm. much like I would also recommend putting yourself in a teaching position where you're able to lend knowledge and pass on your experience um, to others because you can see how it lands or how it might not land as well. Yeah. Yeah. with that in mind, in retail, you are subject to a whole spectrum of people who want to work mm. for you. So, right now, how fortune, we have a lot of Christmas casuals that do come in. Yes. Uh, obviously, the university students that we've been talking about. Um, but there are also people who need the hours to support families and pay bills. Um, and also people who love a good discount. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty loaded question, this one, but... I guess, like, what is your philosophy in leading and motivating people at a workplace?
1: Great question. Um, The first thing I I learned, um, or someone said that has really landed with me for the long term, I guess, is hire people smarter than you, hire people that will elevate you from what they bring. And I think when I consider the people that, you know, I'm bringing on to our team, I'm wanting to learn from them just as much as they're wanting to learn from us as a collective. And I think for me, that's how I like to lead is what can I learn from the people around me? What can I do to support them being their best self? And by them being their best self, how will that elevate the people around them? So for me, yeah, being in an environment that allows for me to learn through others is something that I really like to do as a leader. Um, I like to think I give opportunities where I can for people to excel or showcase their skills and strengths to then, yeah, shine in the best way that they can and elevate their peers whilst they're in that process as well. Um, And then when it comes to things like you know, navigating scheduling and livelihoods and all of those types of things. I mean, at the end of the day, there is a business to run, which it's it's really hard to not give people the hours that I guess that they would like. Um, but I do try and navigate that with the mindset of what would value this person during this time that could then be um, navigated in a way that would support somebody else at a different time. So an example of that is when I'm doing the schedules for Christmas, I try where I can to put mums or dads on the schedule in the morning of days like Christmas Eve because Santa comes and we want to make sure that they're able to spend time doing the magic that is that is Christmas with their family on Christmas Eve rather than doing the setup for the next couple of days that are going to be chaos but then they work the evening shift of New Year's Eve so that all of our teeny boppers can go <laughs> party and, and celebrate that experience because I know that that's probably holding more resonance for them during their life at that time versus mums and dads during Christmas Eve and that experience as a family. So I try and be as considered as I can. But like I said, there is a business to run at the end of the day and sometimes people can't be given all of the things that they're asking for um and you know there's something to say in you know there's casual jobs for a reason and there's part-time jobs as a reason and trying to find something that's suitable for you and your family and your life with where you're at is absolutely something that people should be spending time thinking about before joining a company and then expecting the world when we can't deliver on that um I like to try. I can deliver on as much of the world as possible. But, yeah, it's just um, navigating expectations and having those tough conversations, I guess, when, when they have to happen.
0: Absolutely. I, I know we mentioned there should be, like, a degree in scheduling or something. It's just like... <laughs> the, it's I'm, a time. It's a time. <laughs> like, the contextual factors that you have to bring in as well as, you know, the bucket of hours that you're given, it's just, like, a lot to balance. So, a lot of respect for... Um, you needing to schedule and, and that whole aspect as well, because without it, you know, people get shitty and...
1: <laughs> they sure yeah, do. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, I guess on the note of balancing expectations, I remember on one of our chat laps that you mentioned that you do feel that you sometimes fall into, um, I'll say the trap of being a people pleaser. Mm. What's it like navigating that in, um, I guess, a retailing environment and as a store manager?
1: Yeah, I think particularly when you re-enter a business and you don't know people, you're like, I just want people to like me. I just want people to think that I'm, you know, the bee's knees, when sometimes you can't be. Um, But I think the reason I like, I put myself in that people pleaser bucket is because significance is something that I hold really big. And I know that when people are happy, they hold you to a higher standard or a higher praise. Um, So, trying to navigate both of those lower down my ego take the hits where I need to is something that I've definitely gotten better at since becoming a mum um it's it's something where it's like this is not this is a first world problem like you need to cool your jets with what you're asking for or this doesn't feel like a big issue um and for the person that's saying it's it probably is it's like the biggest issue to them in that moment but perspectively for me I'm like that's that's not much um anyway so I think yeah (laughs) navigating those conversations has definitely gotten a lot easier for me I think yeah my priorities have changed I see I guess issues at a different capacity to what I did before I had children and I think um those conversations come from respect and mutual agreements of I'm I'm not doing this hurt you I'm doing this because I've got a business to run and it's my job to to do that um like I said I I do consider a lot of things when I am scheduling and I try my best to be able to please as many people as I can whilst meeting the business needs um but yeah sometimes those conversations have to be a bit prickly to yeah deliver on what the business is is asking for from day week year,
0: whatever Mm. it is one thing about leadership that I've always found interesting is the, um, the uncanny fact that you will become close with the team that you eventually do lead. Mm-hmm. How do you balance being able to still have that semi-wall up and that level of respect um, in your relationships where you are still this person's manager and not just their best mate?
1: It's a great question. <laughs> He's <laughs> asking all of the great questions today. Um, I think for me, when I when I think about leadership, I think about what did I what do I see in the people that have been those pillars of excellence to me? What do I see in the people that have been my mentors or the people I've looked up to? And how can I bring those types of things to other people so that they can take what they would like from what i have to offer and i think for me navigating those experiences being in i feel pretty good relationships with with the team that we have um i like to think that i bring growth opportunities where i can i'm in the real conversation with people around what they are doing and what they need to improve on i think Honesty goes a long way and sometimes whilst you need to cushion it a little bit for it to feel productive, not hurtful, I think being in that conversation is how I like to ensure people know that I'm not just letting them get by because we're in a good relationship. I'm holding them big to their role and the responsibilities that fall within that. And I'd like to think they do the same thing for me. I don't ask for something from my team that I won't deliver on myself. Um, It's something that I've spoken to a lot since coming back. Um, An example of that is late night trades. I really struggle being able to do that with a baby at home because there's no one that can take care of her when... I'm at the store until 11 with childcare closing at 6.30. My husband can't get there in time and it's just a tricky situation. So what I've adjusted my schedule to do is close on Saturday nights. I know it's not, you know, the, the 10 p.m. finish, but it's 7 p.m. on a Saturday, which I know a lot of people would prefer to go out <laughs> doing whatever on a Saturday. So I've tried to, yeah, manipulate the schedules so that I'm showcasing that I'm willing to do what I'm asking my team to do and I think – if you do do that, you're able to build that trust, build that respect, showcase that, yeah, you're, you're doing exactly what you're asking of your team and you're holding them big, you're holding yourself big and true to who you should be for your team in your role. Um, and that's how I, I guess, navigate being in relationship with my team as friends and as colleagues. Mm,
0: definitely. It's about, yeah, to- I guess talking the talk and walking the walk essentially. And yeah. um, as long as you're able to show that you still do the things that you're asking of your team, then um, the level of respect there remains.
1: Yes. Well, uh, yeah, you try. And obviously there's times where you can't navigate those things to the best of your ability. But um, I think for the most part, that's how you can find success in having close relationships and maintaining professional work morale.
0: Is there a specific moment throughout your time as a store manager that has inspired the way that you lead? Can you pinpoint it to one?
1: Not really. I think, I think the way that I've become the leader, I suppose that I am is that I've tried not to replicate the experiences that have been negatively impacted on me when I was an employee within a business Um, and you know the the things that have negatively impacted me are things like companies not seeing the value that I bring or not acknowledging what I've been contributing to the business or hiring someone else for the role that I'm doing anyway and then having to upskill that person to do the role when I've been doing it, like just things Mm. like that, where it's like, I know that I should have been hired for this position. And I think being in that work of putting the right people forward for an opportunity, knowing that I'm putting them forward because they're absolutely capable. I would never put someone forward for a role that they're not ready for, Um, nor would I not give someone an opportunity because of one factor that could, Mm. you know, speak negatively to their experience or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's very much, I've tried to not replicate the things that I I found satisfactory within my career so far. And then, yeah, replicating the things that I've loved apart as other people have led me in my experience and journey.
0: Amazing. Um, it sounds like you have navigated pretty easily into a store manager position. I know I most definitely (laughs) am wrong. What were some of the challenges that came up with career management? Like, did you ever know that you were going to be a store manager at a store? Um, What did the parents think? All these (laughs) um, sort of career-related questions that always pop up when people are like, oh, so what do you want to do? Yeah. Um, What was that all like?
1: Um, In all honesty, like, I've never really had any pushback from my family perspective. Like, my parents see how much I do in my role right now particularly um they know I'm very hard working I put my heart and soul into everything that I do um so yeah they they know how much is a part of this job and this responsibility and I think um they see how much I love it and they see that it's impacting me and my life in a positive way so I haven't had any resistance there as, as um, some people might think is what parents would think as a retail, as a career um,
0: experience. But that's probably just like the insecurity projecting from that person, so like myself, but I'm asking the question <laughs> for the content, guys, please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Love seriously. Um, um, yeah, but seriously, it's probably people projecting their insecurity, saying like, "Oh, like, what do your parents actually think of you being a store manager?" Yeah,
1: um and they know that it's you know it's a right now, not a forever. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm leaving the business. I mean I've got goals to to move beyond the role that I'm in now and progress within the business and the company. Um, But, you know, that takes time and it takes other people moving onwards and upwards and whatever it might look like. Um, And, you know, I feel like the business that we're in, we attract people that are hardworking, are passionate, are well-driven, are motivated to succeed. And when you've got a pool of people that are all in that mindset and work, that next step is really hard to achieve because you're competing against people who have all of those attributes and more on top of that. So, yeah, I think, yeah, drive is definitely not something that I'm lacking. I, I want to pursue more. Um, but as to what that timeline looks like, it who knows? Um, and then when it comes to friends and family, I guess, um, yeah, people that are friends of mine definitely don't look down on what I do or what my role is. I think, again, they see... What I do, they see how much I love it. Um, I think it's more acquaintances or new introductions where it's like, oh, it, and it's like the
0: tone of the art.
1: Oh, really?
0: And how do you navigate that? Are you just like, I'll block it out? Does it affect you anymore?
1: I think it's so so apparent that it uh, it's white noise at this point. Um, <laughs> but it used to hurt, whereas now it's like, unless I actually think about it, I just brush it to the wayside and there's times where it's like I just wish people knew what I do from when I say it rather than having to explain what it is that I do. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that resistance is, yeah, something that I try and keep front of mind. It's sort of like, whatever, I'm probably never going to see you again or if, if I do cross paths with you again, this isn't going to be the conversation point that we're sort of – bring to the table so absolutely
0: yeah. um and I think I'm like in a point in my life where career is like the big thing and you know you have to have your life figured out and everything so yeah it's it's um comforting knowing that y- you've expressed that the career aspect won't be a talking point as well yeah. like you've there's so many more things to talk about yeah. than just what do you do
1: and it's one of those things where it's like when you're in it everything feels so important and it's the priority and you think it's so relevant. And it's like, when was the last time someone asked you your hex score? Right. It's like when you're in year 12, that is the thing. You're like, yeah, same thing. No. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that when you're in year 12, that's the thing, right? It's like, mm. I want to have the highest hex score. Like I want to, no, no. <laughs> um, I want to have that, you know, I want to be the ducks of the school. I work really hard. I'm putting all of this energy in towards this three years later, you'll probably still get into the same uni degree if you don't get the score but doing life experience or doing a different course that is a pathway to get you there. Like everything feels so relevant now. And that's absolutely true. But when you look a couple of years ahead, that might not be as important as what it was during that time. And you focusing on career is absolutely something you should be thinking about at your sprightly young age <laughs> of 21. Um but, you know, your pathway changes. The things that you study maybe won't be the thing that you do forever. A lot of people are changing their careers at 50 now. Like people don't want to do the same thing forever. And it's becoming more and more apparent that you should be enjoying the things that you do as a job rather than just doing it to grind, pay the bills, go home and go back to something you don't love.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, far out. I think it um, reflects back on the way you speak about how navigating conversations with particular people before you had Aspen compared to after, Mm. um, like everything in that moment was so heightened and scaled and it was everything to you, but then you have a kid and then you bring life into this world. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're not amazing. wrong I had a kid had I did kid. <laughs>
0: you bring life into this world and um suddenly those things evaporate or they don't evaporate but they're, they're less, significant. less important exactly yeah. um and it's all about perspective yeah and um everyone is trotting their own trot or they own are path.
1: they're walking that walk
0: exactly ash what's next for you oh god <laughs> dinner <laughs>
1: um What's next for me? I think I would really like to be at a point in life where I'm enjoying the day as it falls and not focusing on the future as much. I think when you speak to career being something that's top of mind for you, a lot of that comes to mind for me and resonates so so strongly in that I've lost all of this time by being out of work for the time of growing a baby and having the baby and being at home with the baby and all of those types of things. So, you know, not letting those, those pressures or those, those thoughts creep into mind and just, you know, celebrating the things that are, that are going well and living into my, my strengths, living into the things that excite me and actually enjoying that time for what it is Um, you know there's things within the goals that I would love to say that are going to come tomorrow but I know that that would be a lie so um, yeah you know five ten years from now who knows where I'll be you know everyone always says what's what's the future goal and I'm general manager of the world who knows (laughs) Um, yeah drive is something that I definitely have and I would love to be become a general manager at some point in in my life that would be amazing but time is something that you know you can't get back so enjoying the moments now is something that I'm really trying to focus on rather than focusing only on what's future state for me
0: what steps are you taking to achieve that I know off air we were speaking about work balance or lack thereof um how is it navigating it at the moment
1: yeah um I was lucky enough to go to Sydney um, as a part of my job and um, we had a guest speaker come to that experience and hearing this person's journey and hearing about all of the things that she had to navigate as a part of her life journey versus the things that I've had to experience. I was like, holy hell, like she has gone through so much and been able to achieve this and I whilst I've had my own things that I've been navigating it's definitely not to the same capacity or, or level and what I took away from her talk was her her mindfulness and focus around being kind and showing gratitude and being able to practice that every single day What I've been working on myself is being able to identify things that I'm grateful for every single day, being in the work of acknowledging someone in my life every single day, being in the work of making the effort of calling someone on my way home from work every day. I look at my phone, I pick a letter of the alphabet, I go to that letter, and then I pick someone in that letter of the alphabet and I call them. Brilliant. So it's a different person every day. Um, But it's just being able to be in that space of, you know, whilst you might not be able to... connect with someone as often as you'd like or be in a room have a coffee whatever it might be it's still being present in their life and asking those questions like are you okay or I've missed you or whatever it might be um and yeah doing the same thing in our in our store like taking the time and effort to say you did a really good job today taking the time and effort to say I know this was hard but you did a good job Mm -hmm. or we didn't quite get there but I saw the effort that you made to get us to here. Like, I think for me, consciously being in that space has allowed for me to appreciate each day more than focusing only on what have I not been doing? What do I want to get to? Why am I not there now? Like all of those types of things.
0: Yeah. Is that something that's um, come across because of the experience that you had during maternity leave? The idea of people not necessarily reaching out to you after that 12-week period Mm. is that something that you're actively pursuing because of that or something else i
1: think it's a mixture i mean i feel like i've always tried to be someone that acknowledges people for the work that they do and the people that they are but i'm definitely more mindful of celebrating consistency celebrating overperformance, um commenting on a job well done no matter how big or small it is and i think you know, the little things often get pushed to the wayside and only the big things get celebrated and it's actually the little things being recognised that make people feel valued and make people feel seen. Yeah. So for me, focusing my energies on those things has actually seen a massive shift in how I feel every day because I know I'm, you know, in in the work of celebrating people and acknowledging them and, yeah, hoping that they feel valued through that experience.
0: Yeah, a key memory that pops to mind when you speak about celebrating the small things, or or just celebrating um things in general that are contributing to let's say work, but um just a better life as well. A key memory that pops up is when you <laughs> you hopped out of the old store mm-hmm. after I I think I was on the phone with a guest and sorting out a gift card that went missing, and you went and bought. A, a t- Two sleeves of pods and a coffee cup from Nespresso. <laughs> and that was, like, ages ago.
1: That was a, a while ago. S- a
0: while ago. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. And I was just... I, that comes straight to mind. And it's those small things where you're celebrating people for the work that they do. It goes a very long way. And that's something that I'll cherish in my heart, even though it was something so small. Like... I love that from you and I love you for it. Like, I really appreciated it. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember you saying you felt like coffee and you really wanted a coffee pot. Or so- you said something about wanting coffee but not having <laughs> space to go get it or we didn't have the right thing or something. And yeah, just being able to, I think, hear those things is something that I like to try and do so that when I do give you a gift or if I do celebrate you, It's intentional. Hmm.
0: And it doesn't even have to be a gift. I think just even recognizing it verbally goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Being a store manager, you are heavily involved with the business. Mm. Is it a seven day job? Yes. Yes.
1: It's, It's, I mean, it's not contracted as a seven day job, but you know, I, you can obviously choose to turn notifications off. You can choose to be a five-day person, but for me, I know my team do need me sometimes outside of the work hours that I do. Um, I'm very fortunate to have a business that provides flexibility for me to have balance within family, child life versus work life, Um, and problems come up at five o'clock at night problems come up at 10 o'clock at night and I'm the person that gets the calls more (laughs) often than not and that's not through lack of team having the capacity to be able to navigate those those experiences themselves I think sometimes you know resources are hard to find or the person you did try to call wasn't available and I like to think that yeah my team can have the feeling of support knowing that I will be there if they need me Mm. um and yeah, I think whilst it is a choice I make, I feel that my team feel more supported because of that.
0: Definitely. Um, I wanted to add on to the point from before where you said the person was talking about the experiences that they went through as well. I just wanted to add that I think a lot of the time we talk about how comparisons, the thief of joy, um, particularly with social media, but I think it can lead to a lot of inspiration as well particularly with the stories that are shared that potentially might uh, alter your perspective about a first world problem that you might be having mm-hmm. and um you gaining a bit more insight into hey like things aren't necessarily that bad um is there a way I want to talk about sort of the way you've become a leader as well and hopefully this story resonates with someone that might not label themselves as a leader as such had you always been I guess like in that authoritative we'll say but not with the connotations of authoritative (laughs) I guess like in that leadership position
1: yeah um I mean I think about things When you say that, I'm like, I totally was. (laughs) Um, You know, things that come to mind are like videos of dance classes that were concerts and I was three and I was like conducting the stage of everyone else being like, you're not supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. Um, Or another thing that comes to mind is I remember in year eight, this is an experience that is a wild thing. um, My science teacher decided that the the whole science class would be A student in the class trying to teach the room something and he went around so many people before it got to me and everyone lasted two three minutes it got to me and then I finished the entire class (laughs) I was I was teaching the class for I don't know 25 minutes of the 75 minute class and I was like my parents definitely are not paying for an education for me to be teaching the students in the room but um yeah, those types of experiences, I'm like, I think there there's always been that, that leadership within me, whether I was wanting to, you know, showcase that or not. Um, but I think, you know, I've tried to nurture those things through educating myself with TED Talks, with books, with other people, um, as, as a resource and upskilling myself through them and their, their leadership experience or, um, you know, opportunities that might allow for me to flex that a little bit more. Um, and I think, yeah, leadership is something that takes energy. Mm. You have to want to do it to actually do it well, Mm. I, I guess. And, you know, I want my team to feel inspired. I want people to feel driven and motivated to achieve a goal, regardless of whether it's in the four walls of our store or not. Um, and knowing that I'm able to contribute to that excites me. And I think because it excites me, it makes me want to do more for my team, which I guess makes me a leader.
0: What keeps you ticking in the job that you're keeps currently in? I think when we talk about topics like stigma surrounding retailing, mm-hmm. people would be like, wow, like I'd, it's so mundane. Like I'd get caught up in it. Um, like I want out. What has kept you in the role?
1: Oh, there's always times where it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> am I is today the day I resign? Um, there's always times where, where the pressure point does come to boiling point and it's like that's the time where you need to step out, take a breath, remember that this is a short time, not a long time, and try and focus on the things that you do enjoy about your role. Um, for me, like I said, you know, my, my job isn't – necessarily selling stretchy pants that's a part of my job but it's not my whole job and I think for me what keeps me ticking is um yeah the people that I have surrounding me every day I I get to grow learn inspire through them and with them um I've learned so much from the people that I work with inside this company and outside of the company as well and I think knowing that each day is different. Like for me, my job is not monotonous. I definitely have a new day every day. I don't have the same thing. Yes, there's calls that often fall the same time every week, but those calls are always different. There's always different content provided on those calls. There's always a different pathway to how my week works. And I think for me, that allows me to get excited by my job. It's not standing in the same spot. Folding t-shirts, which is what some of my previous experiences have been in retail. Um, but, you know, I get to go on my chat laps. I get to go on calls. I get to be on seminars with people across the entire globe with the business that we're in. And I think knowing that I've got, you know, there isn't really a, scar, a limit to the potential that, you know, I could be going towards with this business. There isn't a, a limit. There isn't a ceiling. I can just keep progressing onwards and upwards if I choose to do that. And I think knowing that that is a choice is something that keeps me inspired and motivated and ticking.
0: Do you feel like it's been fortune that you've landed in a business that offers that opportunity? If I say ended up in a company that didn't offer that opportunity, what advice would you pass over?
1: There are companies that offer that. And I think knowing when it's time to pursue the next thing is something that people don't hold true and like they keep on denying that part of their life being like this doesn't feel right, this feels forced or this feels like I'm doing so much more than what I'm being recognised for or being given opportunities in or with or whatever it might look like and I think, you know, finding a business that aligns with you with its values, its culture, with what it holds true, what it's working towards globally, what it's working towards locally, like what are the goals that they are working on? Do they inspire you? Do they make you feel excited to be in that business? And if it doesn't, should you be there? Probably not. You should find something that does light you up because like I said, time is limited. It's not a resource that you can buy back. You should be valuing every second that you have and if work doesn't inspire you or excite you, find a place that does.
0: Incredible. What TED Talks and books would you recommend for the listeners?
1: Oh my God. I love Simon Senek. He's so, so great. A. Um, Brown's great as well. Um, essentially, if you click on either of those two, all of the threads that come next are definitely good options. Um, it follows lots of leadership questions, lots of coaching, guidance, life, skills, all of those types of things. And what I've found is through doing those types of TED Talks learnings, all of those types of things, it's actually allowed for me to infiltrate those things into my personal life too. Like I find myself coaching my family and friends outside of work around things. I'm like, but why does it make you feel that way? (laughs) What could you do differently? What does success look like? Um, being able to ask those types of questions has come purely from where I'm working right now. And I think, you know, being able to use the resources that you have professionally grown from in your personal life is such a bonus. Um, books 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 the one that I'm reading right now is called kindness I don't know who that author is it's the lady that was spoken spoke to at at our conference and I feel so bad I can't remember her name but um it's an incredible book and I think for me people overcoming adversity is something that really inspires me um so if I find books or podcasts or anything like that to do with that type of content is where I find a lot of inspiration it's for me to feel all the feelings.
0: All the feelings. Is it Kath Costello?
1: That sounds right.
0: Yeah, the blue, the blue book with,
1: with the gold writing. With the yes. gold writing. Yeah, yep. that's that's the one. Kindness. She's amazing. Incredible. She's amazing. Can
0: you give us a bit of a synopsis? Synopsis up to the point where you've read.
1: I can tell you the whole book because oh, she, she spoke okay. about it, but I'm reading. Incredible. I'm reading it after knowing her whole life journey. Yeah. Um. So she was an athlete um, and she was pursuing cricket and at a very high level representing Australia wanting to pursue that as her career Um, and then she had an injury that significantly impacted her ability to do that. I'm not going to ruin the story but she had a lot of Uh, troubles that then came from that injury she overcame the adversity to then have the same thing happen again through a completely different experience um to the level of her not being able to walk relearning how to walk then going through that experience again um by being hit by a car after she just rehabilitated to the point of existing as the person she was before that injury um and then the whole perspective of going through um, the court case with the person that, that hit her and offering kindness and gratitude to that person, even though they completely impacted her life in such a negative way. Um, and she she spoke to not changing who she was because of the actions that somebody else has done if it was anybody else in the room she would be offering this so why would she not offer that just because of the, the actions that they have done in their life brilliant yeah
0: I love that oh brilliant I might have to read that <laughs> you great. should yeah I've
1: got it in my bag I can give it to oh, you after I finish God. reading it <laughs>
0: okay please um no I'd love that and I think the rhetoric behind it about still treating that person with kindness despite what they're doing really sings out I think like we, we can apply that to maybe the retailing aspect as well where you haven't let those negative comments or those uh snarky remarks impact the way that you go about your life and I think we can expand that onto uh this demographic that's listening as well as to I guess you, you shouldn't you should sort of acknowledge what other people do um have to say about what your life is looking like but don't let that impact you as heavily as it should Mm. because at the end of the day it's like your life that you're dictating and you shouldn't let other people impact the way that you go about things um
1: yeah the, the the mindset of somebody else should not impact the the mindset of you and yes that often has an effect and sometimes it needs to but for the most part you shouldn't let yeah that mindset or assumption of somebody else infiltrate the positive things that you're doing in your life.
0: Definitely. Um, Ash, it's been incredible. Thank you for being so candid with the maternity situation. Um, I've never really heard that side, or I guess about it in general, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest. Um, I think the way that you speak about the pros and cons of bringing life into this world and the isolation that you felt will resonate with potential listeners but also just the way that we should be treating um people like yourself who are doing the beautiful thing of creating life and bringing it in as well um uh, yeah i think that one really stuck out to me like i really appreciate you for um speaking on that and even the idea of reaching out as well like it goes further than you know and that's something i hope to uh hold on to and uh, and implement in my own life as well but also the idea of leadership i think um we've got a leader like you are a leader (laughs) at the end of the day that the store manager role isn't something to be looked down upon nor is it when you work in retail as well and you have a plethora of opportunities like flying overseas and flying interstate as well to further yourself and um, bring in more skills so that you can um, empower people and coach and upskill within your own store as well. I think it's incredible. Um, the way you speak about how you lead people, and it's a testament to who you are and, and the team that we're um, building at Lululemon Doncaster. You should come visit. <laughs> Just a cheeky shout out. But is there anything that you want to leave for the listeners?
1: Come visit us. Come <laughs> visit us. You want to that as well. <laughs> um. Um. I think. Um. Yeah. I. I hope that it. It's. Um not being too negative of a chat, I hope it's just built some perspective around some people's experiences within that part of people's life and journey. And um, yeah, knowing that there's there's always positive opportunities that come from peop- from things that might feel monot- monotonous. Oh my God, I can't speak. Monotonous, is that right? Monotonous. Monotonous, that yeah, one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always positive things that can come from from that and um yeah if you're not happy doing what you're doing it's time to use that thing other than a hat rack in your brain (laughs) use it use it to yeah find what you like write down what you love what brings you joy passion motivation what inspires you and and find something that offers that for you
0: incredible thank you for your time i really appreciate it uh all your socials or um Links will be in the show notes below, but you can find us both at Lululemon Doncaster. Come say hi, come buy a pair of pants or stretchy stretchy tie. It's
1: a great Christmas gift. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Um, Be sure to follow at Life with Lamb Podcast, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Yo! Yo!